want to start a new series somewhat on today, um, and it's called When Disciples Pray, and this is part one. When Disciples Pray, this is part one, all right? When Disciples Pray, this is part one, all right? Um, well, let me tell you this, and I'm going to go right into the message. Um, I was in my house um, this week meditating on this word. And um, I was praying about um, a weeks ago about what direction the Lord wanted us to go through because we went through three months of talking about discipleship. And I felt the impression of the Lord that the Lord was not done with discipleship, but he was just taking us to a different area of discipleship. And the Lord said to me um, that we need to go through a, uh, a month, this month of August is dedicated to prayer, that we will be praying, that we'll be seeking God's face. Um, but as I was getting ready for this message, the Lord told me to declare something over you that kind of scared me in a way, because I was not ready for what the Lord had to say. I was in my house, and the Lord said to declare this over you, and I don't know if you can handle this, I don't know if you're ready for this. But for those that will receive this by faith, that just didn't come to church because it's a Sunday and you ain't been here in a long time, you want to check off what you received. I, I want to declare to someone that can receive this by faith and put some praise on it that the Lord told me to declare to you that your prayers are getting ready to be answered. Okay. I don't know if you just heard what I said. But the Lord said, y'all know I don't play with this kind of stuff. The Lord said to declare over these people that I'm getting ready to answer some of your prayers. Oh, my God. And some of you are not excited because you don't pray. But there's some of us that know that I've been praying about some stuff that has not happened yet. And I've been wondering to myself, when is it going to happen? God told me to declare over somebody today that your prayers are getting ready to be answered. I need somebody in here that believes the word of the Lord before I even preach this message. That can put some praise on it. That believe that your prayers are getting ready to be answered. Somebody open up your mouth and give God glory by faith that your prayers are getting ready. Slap by with your neighbor say, my prayers, my prayers, my prayers, my prayers, my prayers are getting ready to be answered. My prayers are getting ready to be answered. He said, declare that over this house. Now watch this. Prayer is so important, ladies and gentlemen, because whenever you are in the posture of prayer, hear me, you are in the most powerful position. All right, let me put it like this. Others may have a bigger title than you, but if you're in the posture of prayer, you will have a greater touch. I'm talking to somebody. Others may have a bigger salary than you, but if you are in the posture of prayer, you will have greater significance. I didn't come to play with some of y'all. Some of you, you still sleep. I wish you'd wake up and receive this. Others may have more possessions than you. 
But if you are in the posture of prayer, you will have greater power. God help me. Because nothing moves the heart and the hand of God faster than a child of God who is praying. Okay. Because no matter how strong you are on your feet, you're always stronger on your knees. I wish I had somebody. Okay. Okay. I'm coming through here. I promise you. You can sit there and look at me crazy today. I'm going to get this word all by myself. I promise you. Watch this. Uh, um, uh, Edward McKeedron Bounds. Edward McKeedron Bounds, prominently known as E.M. Bounds, was an American author, attorney, and member of the Methodist Episcopal Church. Uh, early eight, uh, Late 1800s, early 1900s, wrote nine books that focused on the subject of prayer. And he said a couple of things about prayer. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Number one, prayer, he said, first, prayer is a privilege. It is a privilege as a sinful being uh, to be able to talk to a sovereign like being like God. See, we overlook the privilege of prayer because we see it as a task and as a chore. But one of the greatest privileges of being saved is that we can go to God for ourselves. God help me. That when I can't reach my pastor and I can't talk to my deacon and I can't reach my prayer partner, I can go to God for myself. That I don't have to have an eat immediately who will who will talk to God on my behalf. I ain't got to go behind a little curtain and talk to a priest about what I need God to do, but I can go boldly to the throne of grace for myself, and I don't have to wait for a, a, until a particular time or situation, but I can wake up in the middle of the night and lift my hands in the bed and say, Father, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help do I know. Ah, oh, we could be driving down the street, and some of y'all think that people looking at you think you're talking on the phone but is there anybody in here that know how to do a drive-by prayer that while you're driving down the street you know how to tell God God I need you before I go into this job I need you before I have to go back in this house is there anybody here that say it's a privilege right not only is a privilege but number two prayer is portal everybody say portal it means you don't have to be in the same place of the person you are praying for because watch this prayer travels God help me. You don't have to be with your child all the time and even when you can't see them prayer can reach them when they're out of your sight. God help me. Because your prayer can be where you can't be. Ah, I, I need to know is there anybody in here that say I got some family over in Georgia. I got some family over in North Carolina. I got a situation going on. I got a child and I don't even know where they at right now but God you know where they at and if I could ever get down on my knees and pray to God, ah, my prayer Prayer can reach them before I can even pick up the phone. Is there anybody here that know that prayer is portal? Number one, prayer is a privilege. Number two, prayer is portal. But number three, prayer is powerful. There, there is something about a child of God talking to God in prayer. Because prayer has the ability to move the subject of the prayer or the person praying. Prayer is so powerful that, watch this, change is inevitable. Let me say that again. Prayer is so powerful that change is inevitable. Either it changes the person, the situation, or the circumstance of the prayer, or it will change the person doing the praying. God help me. See, some of y'all are trying to figure out, why is God not answering my prayer? Because God is trying to show you that prayer is so powerful that even if the situation don't change, it'll change you, God, in the situation. Is there anybody in here that's been praying about your job, but he ain't moved you from that job, but all 
all of a sudden he gave you patience that you didn't even realize you had because prayer is so powerful that if it don't change the situation it changes you in the situation somebody lift up your hands and tell God thank you that your prayer is powerful see there is a power let me, let me say this let me say this because your prayer is getting ready to be answered watch this there is a power that is getting ready to hit your life that the devil won't know how to deal with it There is a power that, that you're getting ready to walk in because you're changing your complaining to prayer. You're changing your worry to prayer. You're, you're changing your anxiety to prayer because when you start praying, oh God, I don't know if they can handle this. When you start praying, angels are getting ready to move on your behalf. God, I wish I had. When you start praying, that child that's in that foolishness getting ready to come out the foolishness they're in. When you start praying, the depression that's been trying to take you out is getting ready to leave. I need you to grab, grab your neighbor by the hand and tell him when you start praying, things start happening. When you start praying, praying. Doors getting ready to open. When you start praying, ways are getting ready to be made. When you start praying, depression getting ready to leave. Is there anybody in here that can say, when I start praying, stuff getting ready to shift in my life. Somebody holler, pray! Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, verse number 12. Jeremiah 29, verse number 12. Uh, I know we're using the screens again, but I'm not putting the scripture on the screen because you still need to learn your word. I put it up there and then deleted it all. Hallelujah. Because he said they don't know it yet. They don't know where I'm at yet. So let them search it. Let them search it. Jeremiah 29, 12. Jeremiah 29, 12. Jeremiah 29 12 I'm still I'm still declaring something over your life Jeremiah 29 12 Jeremiah your prayers getting ready to be answered Jeremiah 29 12 hallelujah 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 God I thank you for that God I thank you for that God say when you pray in this next season heaven getting ready to be unstopped <laughs> There's getting ready to be a release in your life that you've been waiting on a long time. Oh, God. I know we had Jeremiah 29, but somebody throw your hands up and tell God, thank you that heaven getting ready to unstop in my direction. Jeremiah 29, verse number 12. Are you there? Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Come on, I'm prophesying this to somebody. And will bring you back from captivity. <laughs> Touch your neighbor, say neighbor. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Because God says in this season, when you pray, God going to hear every word that you got to say. Ah, is there anybody in here that say, I've been praying and feeling like God ain't heard nothing I said. But in this next season, God say, I'm going to hear every word you got to say. And when I hear you this time, I'm bringing you back from captivity. Give your neighbor a high five and say, welcome back, Carter. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Ah, you coming back from where you used to be. You coming back, uh -huh. you coming up out of the foolishness you were in. You were coming up out of the hurt. You're coming up out of the heartbreak. You're coming up out of the confusion. God says, welcome back, because I'm bringing you out of... God, God. Calm, down. Calm, down. Calm, down. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. God is saying that your prayers are about to reach heaven. Your prayers are about to bring you out. Let me teach this. The purpose of this series is to develop an understanding 
of the discipline of prayer. Prayer is a discipline to help us to see the importance of prayer and to challenge us to make prayer a regular practice of our everyday lives. I ain't talking about the prayer that you use like a lotto. That, that you use it to get you up out of the trouble you're in only. I'm talking about that consistent prayer. That, that prayer that while ain't nothing going on, you're still talking to him. But, 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 but what is prayer? Prayer is our direct line with heaven. Prayer is a communication process that allows us to talk to God. God wants us to communicate with him. And prayer becomes our means of communication that allows us to interact, discuss, and respond to God. Prayer is simply talking to God and he talking to us. And as a discipline of Je a disciple of Jesus Christ, it is necessary for us to keep the lines of communication open to our teacher, our trainer, and our helper. You got to keep the lines of communication open. Some of y'all ain't old school like me, but you remember before, back in the day when you had that house phone, now your mama would say, I got a call coming, hang up the phone, because if you own the phone, I'm going to miss my call. And you remember uh, when, when, when they had call waiting, y'all ain't, ain't with me, and then all of a sudden the phone Y'all ain't old school like I'm used to. Y'all was raised with cell phones. But anybody remember the phone that was in the kitchen that had that long cord and you would try to stretch it all the way around to your room that nobody saw you trying to talk on the phone real good? Come on. Am I talking to anybody that know what I'm talking about? And and, and your mama would say, get off the phone because I'm expecting a call. And if you are on a call, watch this, the line would beep to the person. And you know when you got in trouble, your mama say, well, you know, sister, so-and-so called me and couldn't get through my phone. Didn't I tell you to, 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 to put that phone down? God is saying, watch this. In this next season, I need you to keep the lines of communication open. I don't need you running your mouth to everybody else. I need you to make sure you're running your mouth to me. You ain't got to put your business on Facebook. You can get down on your knees and call up me and tell me all about it. You got to keep the lines of communication open. Prayer is spending time in conversation with God. It is pointing your spirit, your mind, and your emotions toward God. Let me say that again. It's pointing your spirit, your mind, and your emotions toward God sincerely and intently for someone or something. It's communing with God and recognizing his presence when you pray. Prayer is waiting in his presence in order to listen to God for what he got to say. Some of you want a quick prayer and want God to answer your quick prayer. But I've learned that sometimes prayer means I got to wait on his answer. God, I prayed about this. You going to answer me? I prayed. You ain't answering today. All right. Well, bless God. I give you the glory and give you the praise. All right, tomorrow. God, you going to answer my prayer today? Okay, you're still, you're still not saying nothing. Okay, well, I, I still trust you. Uh, uh, three weeks later, God, I'm praying, but this ain't happened. Okay, let me come down your road. Three years later, God, I'm praying, and, and it still, still ain't happened, and you ain't saying nothing. But God is saying, you got to learn how to wait on me, because they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Is there anybody here that say, I've been waiting a long time, but I believe that he's a God that I can wait for an answer. And Jesus, Jesus is the greatest example of what prayer looks like. What, prayer, what a prayer life looks like. Jesus is the perfect example of absolute dependence on God in prayer. Jesus shows us what it looks like to be in a situation and have your back up against the wall. But prayer breaks down the wall. My question becomes today, when did Jesus pray? 
when, if he's the perfect example, then we need to look at when did he pray. Go to Matthew, the 14th chapter. Matthew 14, verse number 22. Matthew 14, verse number 22. Are y'all getting something today? Matthew 14, verse number 22. Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 14, verse number 22. Matthew 14, verse number 22. say amen. amen. If I need to wait on you, say wait on me. Praise the Lord. Matthew 14, verse number 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there taking notes, write this down. Number one, Jesus prayed to deal with depletion. Jesus prayed to deal with depletion. I, I get it. I understand. The presence of God is in the room. God is moving. And you're sitting there and just looking at me like a bump on a cookie. You, 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 you're, you're not enthused. You're not excited you to lift your hands, you do it, but you're doing it because I say do it. Because, watch this, you depleted. This ain't for everybody. Um, have you ever lived in a season where you said, I have nothing else to give? <laughs> I, I, have, I have nothing else. H have you ever went to sleep but didn't get no rest? say for everybody. You ever woke up tired? I mean depleted. No more strength. No more energy. I, I ain't got nothing else for you. I, I know I know some of y'all you ain't been there because even when you get depleted your flesh take over and that's full of strength. But have you ever been in the season where you were killing the flesh and your spirit was tired? Help me, God help me, God help me, God help me, God help me. See, see, let me, let me set the page for you. Uh, this chapter, chapter 14, opens up with Jesus, uh, opens up with the cousin of Jesus, John the Baptist. John the Baptist, the Bible says that Herod had arrested and imprisoned John the Baptist as a favor to his wife, Herodias. She didn't like how John had been preaching against her marriage to Herod. Because uh, the marriage between her and Herod was, on, was against God's law because Herodias used to be the wife of his, of, of, of his brother. So John, way out in, in the wilderness, preaching and say, Thus saith the Lord that Herodias and that Herod are in sin. <laughs> Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Bible says that Herod wanted to kill John, but he was scared. Because John had a big old following by now. And, and so he was scared that a riot was going to break out. Watch this. So Herodias, Herodias, see, you know, you know that, 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 that Jezebel, um, um, Herodias said, I don't care about no riots. I want them dead. 
kill him. Nah, no, he's going to, they're going to cut the fool. I ain't got time for that. Let me tell you what Herodias did. You read it in the text. Herodias had her daughter. She said, come here. You got that nice shape. You, 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 looking, you looking real good. I need you to go dance for your stepdaddy. Read your word. It's in there. And when she danced, watch this. Herod says, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. I don't know what kind of dance that was, but y'all ain't, y'all ain't. Watch this. And the text says, watch this. She then says to Herod, I, I want John. I want him dead. But I don't, I, don't, I don't just want him dead. I need you to cut his head off and bring it to me on a platter. And from that one dance, Herod had, his, had John killed, cut his head off, and brought it on a platter back to him. Said, here you go. They take John's body, bury it, and the text says, then they told him. Which means they had a funeral, and he didn't even know until after. He is dealing with the heartbreak of his cousin. And in the midst of that, the Bible then moves on to say he tries to get away from the saints. And when he tries to get away from the saints, they just kept following him. Where you going, Jesus? I, I, know, I know you don't feel good, but where you going, Jesus? I, I know you tired, Pastor, from preaching, but um, um, can, can, can you? No, I'm, no, okay. I, I, need, I need you to, I need you. So they kept following Jesus. They go out into the wilderness, watch this, and Jesus on the boat, and he's preaching to them, and all of a sudden, the folk get hungry. In the midst of them getting hungry, Jesus says, all right, disciples, go feed them. And then, and then disciples say, well, we ain't got nothing. He said, well, what you got? We got two fish and five loaves of bread. He said, give it to me, and I'll multiply it. And they fed 5,000 men, not including the women and children. And then the text says, after he had to deal with the death of his cousin, and he had to deal with the demands of the people, then he tries to withdraw so that he could get himself together. Because by the time you done gave yourself to everybody else, now you're tired. Come on, you don't get paid. What you do on your job is not on your job description. You get way more than that, and you have to give to everybody else. You got that child that will never leave you alone. Here you are in the house, and they at the door. At the what you doing, Mama? Mama, Ma, you in there, Mama? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And you wondering to yourself, will somebody just give me a moment to get myself together? Watch this. And the text says that Jesus goes to pray. Watch this. He spends time with God. Because when you are drained, you need to retreat in order to be restored. When you are drained, you need to get away so that you can get built back up by God. Come here. Here's practicality. Sometimes you need to turn your phone off. Come here. You tired because you need to get off social media for a season. 
your emotions are all over the place because you done picked up emotions from people that don't even matter. Yes, you have pulling on you. You have people pulling on you. But I came to announce to somebody, while other people pulling on you, why don't you pull on God? God help me. Because God got an endless supply of everything that you need. I need you to grab your neighbor by the hand, shake it real good. In fact, pull on it a little bit and tell him, pull on God. And when you get tired, pull on God. When you get frustrated, pull on God. When you got worried, pull on God. Ah, because anybody know that when you pull on him, he gives you everything that you need. I need somebody here to pull on God with your worship and pull on God with your praise. Lift up your your hands, open up your mouth and pull on him and pray. See, your prayer life is about to give you the strength you didn't even know you had. Your prayer life is about to give you the endurance you didn't even know was there. It's found in your prayer life. Watch this. Mark the first chapter. Jesus prayed and he was depleted. But Mark, the first chapter, verse number 35, we see another time that Jesus prayed. Mark 1, 35. Just, just hang on right. It's right around the corner. Just right up the street. Mark 1, 35. If you have it, say amen. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him and when they found him they exclaimed, everyone looking for you? Jesus replied, watch this, not with an attitude, not going off, not snapping on people. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there. Look at this last line. That's why I have come. Catch this. Uh, number one, Jesus prayed when? Uh, what's my first point? What's my first point? Come on, let's say it together. Jesus prayed. Here's number two. Jesus prayed to stay aligned with his assignment. Jesus prayed to stay aligned with his assignment. take a turn you should have shouted before now the text says that Jesus prayed early in the morning watch this before his day got started he didn't wait to run into the attitude of the person and then want to pray he didn't wait to get the email that they put in all caps and you wonder why they hollering at you he prayed early in the morning before he looked at Facebook before he had to deal with other people see Jesus had a lot of demands on his life and to ensure that God was glorified he made sure that he used his prayer time to align his assignment now here's my question here's my question you, gotta, you have to question the text you have to look at the text and question it why would Jesus who is God in the flesh need to pray if you're God in the flesh why would you need to pray because Jesus did not come to this world to live as God. He came to live as a spirit-filled man. You missed that revelation. Jesus prayed because he lived his life in total dependence on the Father. 
Jesus wanted to make sure that he had totally unhindered fellowship with his father. So Jesus would pray to make sure that the Holy Spirit flowed through his life. How many can say, with all that you deal with every single day, I have to have the Holy Spirit. Watch this, because if I don't have the Holy Spirit, Chantel, this is me and you, I'm going to say the wrong thing. Ooh, if I don't have the Holy Spirit, I'm going to roll my eyes at the very right time to let you know I'm in disgust with what you just did. I ain't got no spirit-filled people. Do I have anybody that say, I need the Holy Spirit? Because if I don't have the Holy Spirit, I might cuss somebody. Mm -hmm. I got fake people in church today. I got fake people in church today. I, is there anybody here that say, I still need a little deliverance. I still need a little deliverance. I still need God to work on me a little bit. And that Holy Spirit got to shut my mouth sometimes. That Holy Spirit got to make me not respond. That Holy Spirit got to shut down my facial expression. That Holy Spirit got to make sure I don't respond to every little thing you do. Is there anybody here that say, I thank God for the Holy Spirit. Because if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, I'd have made a mess of my life. I can stay aligned with my assignment. The, the text says that while he was praying, disciples came and found him because the people that needed him were looking for him. Jesus gets up from prayer and says, let's go somewhere else so I can do my assignment that's on my life. Watch this, because hear this, prayer is not about getting my will done in heaven, it's about getting God's will done on earth. Let me say that again. Prayer is not about getting my will done in heaven, but about my, but but about getting God's will done in on earth. Jesus says, "I have to be clear about my assignment. I know why I'm here. I know what God called me to do. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, prayer is so important. Because when you pray, prayer aligns your assignment. Here we go, so that you stop majoring in the minors." When you pray, my assignment keeps me focused on what my life should be about. Prayer is so important that it aligns my emotions after my assignment. So if I start feeling sorry for myself and that's not a part of my assignment when I pray, then I drop that off in prayer and pick up the peace that surpasses all understanding. God, help. if I have an attitude and that's not a part of my assignment, then I release it over in prayer and he gives me the mind of Christ. Sometimes you need to tell people your issues are not a part of my assignment. I ain't got no, I ain't got no, I'm going to knock some of y'all upside your head. Sometimes you need to tell some people your problem and your issue is not a part of my assignment. I did not come to do what you're talking about. Is there anybody in here that say, God, give me the endurance and the strength to tell some people that ain't part of my assignment. Because, watch this, some of you have a savior complex. You trying to save people you were never called to save in the first place. Oop, you might be dating some of them. Anyway, so the Lord says, why don't you realize what your assignment is? Touch three people and say, not my assignment, not my assignment, not my assignment, not my assignment, not my assignment. Because when I pray, it removes the distractions from my life. I keep my assignment. Let me, let me, let me, 
God works on you, but you realize that some stuff ain't your assignment. People can be talking, and you just look at them. that you're always concerned about what they're going through. Because they could be trying to play on the fact that you like helping everybody, but you need to learn how to say, that ain't my assignment. Come on, come on, come on, baby. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. God's going to bring you out. Come on, he's going to do it. Thank you. Ha, glory, hallelujah. He's going to do it. And then I started realizing that faith was only going in one direction. So I'm wasting my energy on something that wasn't going nowhere in the first place. I, I want to pray in this next season, God connect me with only people that's a part of my assignment. Okay, here we go. I need somebody to lift your hands and say, I ain't got no more time to waste. I got to make sure that the rest of my days are about my assignment that the Lord has for my life. Somebody lift your hands and say, no more distractions. Luke, the sixth chapter. Luke, the sixth chapter. Luke, the sixth chapter. Come on, let's keep going. Luke, the sixth chapter. Luke, the sixth chapter. Verse number 12. Luke, the sixth chapter. Number one, when did Jesus pray? Number one. And number two. All right. Luke, the sixth chapter, verse number 12. Uh, if you have it, say amen. One of those days, Jesus went to the, out to the mountainside to pray. Come on, Monica. Just one of them days. Y'all don't see the revelation right there. Because I don't care how saved you are and how much you shout on Sunday, by Thursday you're going to have just one of them. Okay, I, I, I wish I had a real church right through here. I, I, know, I know I love Jesus and I know I love the Lord, but every now and again I just have just one of them. Just, just, just one of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, Verse 13, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. Stop right there. Here's number three when Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed to discern decisions. Jesus prayed to discern decisions. This is heavy right through here. Jesus prayed. He said, I prayed. Watch this. Not, not just one quick little prayer, but all night. And when morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them. There was a bunch of them there, but he only chose 12. Because in prayer, watch this, he had discerned which decision he was supposed to make. Watch this, watch this, watch this. 
text says that Jesus spent the night in prayer because he had to decide out of the many people that were following him who he would select as an apostle. Who would he choose to carry the gospel and change the world? And this was a, an important decision because what Jesus was calling them to do came with challenge and difficulty. In other words, not everybody could do what he's getting ready to call them to do. So he had to spend time in prayer to discern which decision he was supposed to make. Jesus needed to choose the right people that would carry the mission of his life. Okay. I had to discern it. Watch this. Because here's a revelation. Everybody can't handle being in your life. Okay. This is what the Lord said to me. Hope you're ready for this. I'm loyal like that. I, I tried, I, I, I'm loyal, and so it hurts when somebody leaves. And then I never saw from this, from this until this text, watch this, that the Lord said, catch this, everybody um, can't handle being your life. You know why? Just stop, seven of y'all that can take this. Because there's a warfare that comes along with walking with you. Because of the anointing that's on your life, because God's hand is on your life, the enemy fights you harder than other people. And unfortunately, the people that are connected to you have to deal with the warfare of being with you. And I ain't talking to everybody right here. And God said, you got to discern who can be there because you've been, watch this, you've been picking punks that can't handle nothing. But in this next season, you got to have discernment that can walk with you through the rough and the fire and the rain and still remain. No wonder they had to leave your life. No wonder they had to walk away. They can't handle the warfare. You better be careful who you tied to. You better be careful who you connected to. Because there's a warfare that comes along with being with you. Everybody can't handle being in your life. You need to pray for discernment and guidance from the Father who should be there. Once you get past that, they keep. Once you get past, watch this, that, that they got a little bit of money. Once you get past that, they know how to say the right things in your ear when you need to hear it, even though they can't back none of it up. God said, why didn't you discern? Because my hand is on your life. And the enemy going to come after you with everything. And the people that's tied to you gonna have to experience that as well. Come here, be careful who you marry. Okay, y'all ain't with me. Watch this, cause you're looking from the negative. Let me show you a different way. Be careful of um, of marrying anointed people. Mm. <laughs> 
Because when you anointed, the devil got your address on his Rolodex. God help me. When you anointed, there's a warfare that you walk in that other people can't understand. Grab your neighbor by the hand, shake it real good, and say, be careful walking with me because I'm armed and dangerous. The enemy is after me. He's trying to stop everything that God got for me. But if you can handle the fire, and if you can handle the rain, and if you can handle the warfare, then you can be with me. You better discern. Touch somebody say, you better have discernment. You better have discernment. Everybody can't walk with you. Stop crying. That's why they had to go. They couldn't handle the, they couldn't handle the warfare. Stop weeping. They had to go. They couldn't take a licking and keep on ticking. Because you got a bounce back anointing. That say in spite of the hell that I go through, I keep standing over and over again. Is there anybody in here that say, I got to have somebody that can walk with me with a bounce back anointing. I bounce back from depression. I bounce back from fear. I bounce back from worry. Every time the devil thought he had his foot on me, I bounce back. Give your neighbor a high five and say, you got a bounce back anointing. pray and ask for discernment because you okay you keep picking people that are attached to your flesh but not to your call they attach to your flesh but not to your call and no matter how many times they sleep with you that call will take over trying to live on both sides because you got somebody that's, a, 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 that's, a, that's attracted to your, your flesh and God trying to give you somebody that's attracted to your call oh my God oh my God oh my God and God is saying you got to pray watch this because when, when you start praying for discernment of which decision you're supposed to make can I tell you what God does he will shut down your flesh and what used to attract you don't attract you no more what used to get you hot and bothered don't even get you hot and bothered anymore because my call took over all right matthew 26 matthew 26 somebody say discernment matthew 26 matthew 26 when did jesus pray matthew 26 verse number 36 verse number 36 Matthew 26 verse number 36 if you have it say amen. amen then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and he said to them sit here while I go over here go over there to pray and he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled then he said to them my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death stay here and keep watch with me going a little further he fell to his with his face to the ground and prayed my father if it be possible may this cup be taken from me yet not as I will but as you will okay before we go to this point number one Jesus prayed when come on let's say it together number one number two number three 
Here's number four. Jesus prayed to wrestle with his will. Jesus prayed to wrestle with his will. He had to wrestle with his will. Jesus prostrates himself, literally lays out on the ground with his face on the ground, and he prays. Because his flesh didn't want to go through what he know he had to go through. He is dealing with his inevitable death. But look at his prayer. Watch this. He checked and challenged the Father's plan in his prayer. Because that's what we do when we wrestle with the will of God for our lives. We check first to make sure his plan is correct. And then we challenge the plan to see if it could be changed. You missed the revelation. Do I need to say that again? You, 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 check, you check to make sure that the will is, is, is correct. Is this what you want me to say? This what you want me to do? And then we challenge the plan to see if it can be changed. But, Lord, can I, you know, can I do it this way? Because, you know, I mean, if I do it this way, this still in the, you know, this, your word says. This is where prayer changes. Because most times we use prayer only to request something from God. But Jesus shows us that, uh, it, that, that prayer is not just getting something from God, but sometimes prayer means demonstrating something to God. I got to wrestle with my will in prayer. Jesus is using prayer to demonstrate his level of submission to the will of God for his life. Submission to what? I, now, I know I just said a cuss word. And I'm going to go ahead and let you cuss in church. Everybody say Submission. Yeah, that didn't feel good, did it? You felt like you just said a bad word. Submission to what? Submission to the sovereignty of God. Submission to the conclusion that in spite of how I might feel about it, I resolve that God is still in control. And if he's in control, I might be scared. I might be nervous, I might not understand, but I trust that he is still a God that's in control. So as I wrestle with God's will, I rest in the fact that my life is a part of the plan of God. I don't like it, it don't feel good, but I pray to make sure that I wrestle this will, because this, this will want to get in control. This will want to do what it want to do. My, my, my will, my flesh. money the way I want to spend my money. I want to do it my way. You hurt me, I got to get you back. You need to pay. God, you want me to go on this job after they just wrote me up and speak to everybody and not have an attitude behind it? That's what, that's what, that, me. That's what you're calling me to do? Oh, you calling me to stay on the ministry even though the other people gave me an attitude? Oh, and you want me to show up on time. Oh, oh that's, that's, that's what you're calling me to do? 
I, you know, I love to say, because y'all act like you ain't never had to wrestle with his will before. But have you ever had to wrestle to the place that you were in tears? You want me to do what? I got, to, I, got to, I got to say yes to that. I mean, I say yes to the blessing. But you want me to say yes to that? You want me to be faithful even when they've been unfaithful? You, 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 that's what you, that me. This me you talking to. Like, you know where I come from. You know how I handle stuff. You know, I'm a G. You know I don't take no stuff from nobody. I wish somebody would. Okay. See, the saints kill me because they act like they ain't got no residue still left in them after they gave their life to the Lord. Is there anybody here that believe like me, like, I still got some residue that can come alive at any moment, and it don't take much to set it off. And I got to pray to wrestle with his will. Come in, single people. I got to pray to wrestle with his will. And sometimes what I'm wrestling with ain't about somebody else. Sometimes, come here, what I wrestle with is what I can do by myself. Did y'all catch that? Okay, I want to make sure we got children in here. I got to pray to wrestle with myself. And, and I got to tell God, I don't like this. I wish it was another way. I thought it would be different. But I trust you. What are you doing? You're, I'm wrestling my will to please God in prayer. You know what God waiting on? Somebody lift your hands and say two words, yes, Lord. That's all he's waiting on from you. He's waiting on you to tell him, yes, Lord. That even if you got tears in your eyes, you're still telling him, yes, Lord. That even if it hurt, you're still telling him, yes, Lord. I need you for the next 10 seconds to lift up your hand and just say two words over and over again. Tell God, yes, Lord, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. Yes when I don't like it. Yes when I wish there was another option. My answer is yes, Lord. My last scripture, I'm done. Matthew 27. 27. When did Jesus pray? My last scripture, Matthew 27, verse number 46. Matthew 27, verse number 46. Read that. Matthew 27, verse number 46. Now, the preacher in me wanted to make sure the scripture was the first one, so I could shout to you on the other one. Lord said, nope, leave this one last. Matthew 27, verse number 46. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out, prayed in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Come on, read my points back to me. Number one, Jesus prayed. Number two, Number three, number four, here's number five, and I'm done. Jesus prayed when he felt forsaken. Jesus prayed when he felt forsaken. After Jesus was arrested, he 
was kept up all night, tried by the high priest, sentenced to death for the false charge of blasphemy. He was spat on, he was mocked, he was handed over to the Roman soldier. He was questioned by Pilate and, and, and he had to hear hundreds of people yell, crucify him. The same people that a week before were saying, Hosanna. He was beaten, flogged, forced to carry the instrument of his own death to the site of his own death. By the time Jesus cries out, he has been hanging on the cross for hours, enduring unspeakable suffering. He's naked, he's beaten, he's bloodied, extremely fatigued, and stress causing the muscles throughout his body to cramp and have spasms. Exposed to the elements and insects, subject to the insults of religious leaders who would not let up. Hearing the sneers of past buyers, and as he slowly suffocated to death, he struggled to cry out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. He knew, he cries out to God, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because he knew that the God, the Father, was fully able, hear this, to stop the suffering he was in. That's a struggle that me and you go through. Because we believe and have faith on some level that God has the power to stop what's happening in our lives. When we look at the tragedies in our country right now, people ask the question, why God? Why is this happening? Why won't you help? Watch this. Hear this. Because suffering robs us of our perceived ability to control or to understand. When I'm suffering, it means I have no control and I do not understand. I, I know you came to church today and you look real good. Have you ever gone through something that left you scratching your head? Well, I don't even understand it. I don't even get it. I don't understand what's happening, nor can I control what's going on. But here's the good news. When we feel forsaken and we still choose to pray, here we go. You ready for this? God gives us the grace and mercy we need even when we feel like we're forsaken. And even when there's not a clear answer to the question why, God gives us the grace to understand, the grace to walk through unanswered whys in our lives. The only reason I'm still making it, thank you Jesus, is because when I prayed and my prayers went unanswered, God gave me the grace to make it through anyhow. God help me. I've been kept by the grace of God. Is there anybody in here that say I've been making it by his grace? I don't understand what I'm going through. I don't understand the why of it, but I need to know is there anybody in here that could give God just a little bit of praise? Because when you look back over your life and look at all the unanswered questions you had, you can still give God glory and tell him thank you. Because even even though I didn't have an answer, I still had grace. Even though I didn't have an answer, I still had your mercy. And I give you the glory because I made it through what I had to go through because your grace was on my life.
telling you that ain't good enough for you because you need to know all everything. But the old folk used to say it like this. There's some things we won't understand until by and by. You, you want to know the answer to why. And God says, you ain't got to know why. All you have to know is that all things work together for my good. Can, can you trust that? That's the question of the day. Can you trust that? That God has a plan for your life that even though you might not know the answer to the questions, that God is still going to work everything out to the counsel of his own will? Can you just trust the fact that God got a plan for your life and even if you don't understand how you're going to make it from point A to point B to point C, that you can trust in a God that got you and held you through all the point A's, point B's, and points? You don't even know how you made it on that job. It's by his grace. Them people tried to fire you a long time ago, but his grace kept you. You don't even know how you made through that sickness but his grace kept you is there anybody in here that can give God glory because you serve a God that's been keeping you by his grace somebody throw your hands up throw your head back and tell God thank you for your grace thank you that you kept me thank you that you held me together thank you that you carried me on easel weeks thank you that you held me in the midnight hour thank you when I was suffering by myself you carried me through everything I had to go through somebody in here throw your hands up and tell God thank you for your grace. Why? I don't know. But he kept me. Here we go. I don't even know how I'm still in my right mind. There, there, there are other people that went through what I went through. They on pills, they on medication, they blew their brains out, but I'm still standing. In the midst of everything that I had to go through, I know you want an answer, but God said, I ain't going to give you the answer to it all. <laughs> I got to make sure I keep some things hidden in my will for you to trust my will. Because if you trust, some trust in horses and others trust in chariots. But I will trust in the name of the Lord, for the name of the Lord is a strong tower. And even when I don't understand, the righteous run therein, and they are safe. Ah, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walking not faint how do I know because I've been through hell and high water but I've been kept by his grace I need those that's been kept by his grace to give God a crazy praise because he kept you in the midst of his grace yet he kept you even when you didn't understand that he kept you even when the prayer wasn't answered somebody open up your mouth and give God glory that he kept you Somebody lift your hands and tell God, thank you for keeping me. Thank you. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you. I don't know how I made it. It was by his grace. I don't know how I'm still here. It was by his grace. I don't know how I didn't give up. It was by his grace. I should have threw in a towel, but his grace kept me. I should have walked away, but his grace kept me. I feel a praise right there. Oh, God. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got you. I got you. I got you. Watch this. Watch this. Because some of you think that you are where you are because you that wonderful. Get it? I, some of you think that you are where you are because your money and your education and your little influence got you to where you are. But is there anybody that can say, when I look back over my life, God did some stuff for me that my money could not buy. God did some stuff for me. 
Oh, that no amount of influence would have ever done this. And that's why I praise him like I do. I feel like praising him now. I need somebody here that's been kept by his grace to just give God some glory and give some I don't care praise. Because if it had not been for the grace and mercy on my side, I don't know where I would be right now. I need somebody in here to throw your head back, throw your hands up, and give God the glory because he kept you. I said 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 he kept you. Broken, he kept you. Broke, he kept you. Going through, he kept you. Hurting your heart, but he kept you. Those that's been kept by the Lord, throw your hands up and just give God some glory right there. This is my praise to tell God, thank you for keeping me. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you for keeping me. When I was wrong, you kept me. When I did right, you kept me. When I didn't answer that question, you kept me. When I went against your will, you kept me. I give you glory for the grace of God that's on my life. Come on, all hands raised. Just open up your mouth and bless him. I thank you you kept me in spite of myself you held me together and I give you the glory so God when I pray I pray knowing that you are a sovereign God and that you give me the grace even when things go unanswered I bless your name God that when I can't figure it all out you already got it solved Thank you. So I rest in your will. I rest in the fact that you got everything under control. I rest in the fact that everything is under your command. And I thank you. I surrender to your will. And I receive your grace. In Jesus' name, lift your hands and tell God thank you. Come on, thank him for his grace. Come on, thank him for his grace. I don't know how you made it by the grace of God. Come on, just thank him. He didn't stop praying. He didn't stop praying. Even when you didn't understand, you kept your faith up. You kept your praise up. You kept your worship up. Hallelujah! Come on, tell God thank you for his grace and for his mercy. Hallelujah! God says, I'm going to work everything out according to my will. I'm getting ready to work something out in your life. And you're not even going to see it coming. But God said, you're getting ready to step into the place where it's going to be the right place at the right time. And I'm going to make everything good. I need somebody in here just to tell God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Bless your name. We honor you. Everybody standing. God, I thank you. I know the hour is long spent. 
some of you that have felt forsaken by God. You felt like, here we go, you stopped praying. You just stopped. Because you felt forsaken by God. God sent you in here to remind you. who have been felt forsaken. Here we go. You've seen other people advance and you praying and they not. You've seen other people get what you want. And you keep wondering to yourself, when is it going to happen for you? And you stop praying along the way. Watch this. Because praying for it is a reminder of how far you are from it. So you just give up. Do me a favor, I'm talking to you, just lift your hand if I'm talking to you. I want you to grab the hand of your neighbor, we're getting ready to pray. This is our month. getting ready to release strength in this house. I feel the Lord getting ready to release peace in this house. I feel the Lord say, I'm getting ready to release joy unspeakable and full of glory. He's going to restore unto you the joy of your salvation. Here's what I need you to do. step out of yourself because I'm going to ask you to pray but I need you to pray with your mouth open there needs to be a sound of prayer released from you watch this what if, if in this next prayer what you say out of your mouth you will have you're going to still sit up here and tell me I don't do all that you're still going to play these games I'm, uh, that ain't me bruh, sis we are in a season now of answered prayer. You got to open up your mouth. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. And I need you to pray with everything inside of you. I need you to tell God exactly where your heart is. I need you to lay it all out on the line. And as you give it to God, God going to give you just what you need. Hallelujah. Be it unto me as the scripture has said. According to your words, God going to bless you. Come on. According to your words, God going to bless you. According to what comes out your mouth, God going to bless you. So if you complain, God says that's what's going to be your portion. But if you open your mouth and decree and declare what thus saith the Lord over your life, God says I'm going to unstop heaven and release it in your life. Come on, open up your mouth. And for the next 30 seconds, I need you to pray right now. Come on, pray, 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 pray. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. Pray. Come on, come on, come on. If it's for your house, if it's for your children, if it's for your body, if it's for your mind, open up your mouth right now. 
tell the Lord, I believe you can do it. I believe you can do it. I believe you can do it. That's it. Come on, open up your mouth. Thank you. I 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 thank you that you will do just what you said you do. You spoke that over my life, and I'm standing on your word, believing that you're gonna make it happen. I trust you in this season. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Now let go of your neighbor's hand, lift it up, and go to God and tell God thank you for what you're getting ready to release in my life. Come on. Come on, I'm getting ready to leave you alone. But I need there to be a strong worship in this house. Open up your mouth and tell God, thank you. I prayed for it, now I believe it. I prayed for it, now I believe it. I prayed for it, now I receive it. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I need you to turn around to three people and tell them it is so. It is so. I come in agreement with you. It is so. Come on. I come in agreement with you. It is so. I come in agreement with you. It is so. I come in agreement with you. Come on. It is so. It is so. And when you get to that third person, go ahead and give God glory for what he's getting ready to do in your life. of your salvation, if you never confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you were to die today and don't know where your soul would spend eternity, my brother, my sister, I came to introduce you to a man that can make your life brand new, that can change you from the inside out. He can do more for you than anybody you've ever met. He can change your life forever. If I'm talking to you, I'm going to count to three. I want you to meet me on this altar. I want to pray with you. That you receive Jesus into your heart. Secondly, if you're looking for a church home, there's no greater place than right here at Freedom. A place you can grow and mature in God. God wants you to be planted in the house. He don't want you in and out. He wants you to be planted in the house. There's a blessing in being planted. So my brother, my sister, if I'm talking to you, I'm going to count to three. You meet me on this altar. Come on, let's do this on today. One, he loves you. Two, this is your moment. Come on. They coming already. Come on, let's do it. One, two, three. If I'm talking to you, make your way this way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, is there another? Hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to his name. your name. Hallelujah. Y'all stretch your hands this way. I pray right now, God, my brother, my sister that has come to surrender themselves to you on today, God. God, I thank you right now that in spite of everything the devil tried, it did not work. God, I thank you right now that they pushed past fear and feelings and they activated their faith to come after you. God, I decree and declare right now in the name of Jesus, that you put a hedge of protection around them. I decree and declare, no weapon that's formed against them shall be able to prosper. 
God, put the fire of you on the inside of them that they seek after you, that they want you, that every day they get up, they're coming after you, God. God, I thank you for this fresh start in their life right now, God. God, I thank you right now. Hallelujah. 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 The worst is over. 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 I call an end to the season that you've been in. Hallelujah. And I decree and declare the worst is over. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. We decree and declare in Jesus' great name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all, I'm wise enough to realize that sometimes people just need to sit here just for a minute. Can you just lift your hands and just worship? Come on, just give me a couple of more seconds. Come on. Hallelujah. And we glorify you. And we thank you. And we thank you. And we thank you. The worst is over. Hallelujah. I call an end to that season. Hallelujah. I pray right now that the Lord builds you up on the inside. You are who God says you are. I decree and declare a mighty man of valor. Hallelujah. I decree and declare a mighty man of valor. I decree and declare the hand of God is on your life. Hallelujah. That's why the devil tried to kill you. That's why the devil tried to stop you. Hallelujah. Because what you're carrying is a threat to the dark, to the enemy of darkness. Hallelujah. But what the devil meant for evil, God is going to use it for good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you and we glorify you and we thank you in Jesus' name. We bless your name. Give me a favor. Uh, Mitchell, uh, Teresa, can y'all take them out? Let's minister to them. Hallelujah. to minister to them. God started something. It needs to finish. Can y'all do that for me? Thank you. Just follow them right on out. Just follow them. Come on, let's bless God. Let's bless God. Come on, let's bless God. Come on, let's bless God. Come on. Come on, he's still setting people free. I said he's still setting people free. I know it's past the time, but is there anybody here that believe that God is still setting people free? blessed on today. Come on, were you blessed on today? Come on, we got to do this quickly. We got to do this quickly. Um, let's give on today. Come on, prepare yourself as we give on today. Hallelujah. Come on, let's prepare ourselves as we give.